it's what I do. It's what I do. Praise is what I do. It's what I do. It's what I do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise is what I do. It's 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 what I do. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Praise is what I do. Why? Because when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, my very soul cries out, hallelujah, hallelujah. I thank God, I thank God, I thank God, I thank God for saving me. Praise is what I do. It's what I do, it's what I do. Well, good morning, good morning, Shiloh family and friends. It's an honor and a privilege to stand before you this morning to proclaim the gospel. I love you all, Shiloh family. I miss you, and I love you, and I love you, and I love you. And I give you a big hug right here on Cyber Worship. I hug you. I love you. Praise be to God. I give an honor to our bishop, the Reverend Dr. Benjamin Keith Watts, and our First Lady, Lady Cynthia Watts, for allowing me the opportunity to stand before you this morning. I don't take this task lightly. I count it as an honor, as an honor of a man of God being able to come before you this morning. And to my family, Elder Tasha Martin, who I love so much, who's always there to support me no matter what. We, we had a ceremony that I invited to at my job, and I wanted her to speak to the family. And when she spoke to the family, she ended up by saying that I've been with my husband for 27 years of just this career. We've been married longer than that. But for the career path that I had for the state of Connecticut, Connecticut serving the people of Connecticut, she ended up by saying she's a ride or die, and she's my ride or die. I thank God for my ride or die. And to my children, Robert Martin Jr. and my daughter, Trefina Martin, Trefina Chanel Martin, my two babies who I love dearly, and to the leadership of this house, Deacon, the diaconate board, the ministerial staff, and to you, my Shiloh family. Now that we've have the protocol out of place, let's enter into the word of God. I will be reading from James chapter one, verses two through four, and I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. That's James chapter one, verses two through four. Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble of any kind comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. This is the word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, again for this opportunity to stand before your people. 
Lord, I ask that you move my flesh out the way and you fill me up with the Holy Spirit, Lord. Use me mightily only for your glory, not for fashion, not for fame, nothing more just for the glorifying of your name. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. Many of us recall one of my favorite gospel songs that the mass choir would sing. Gloria, you would sing that song that always touched my heart. The choir with you and Deaconess Miles up here would sing that song that was composed by Reverend Timothy Wright. It was titled, Trouble Don't Last Always. If you would listen to the lyrics of that song, you would understand why it's one of my favorite songs. The mass choir, we're here, they know what I'm talking about. That's it, that's it. The song goes on to say, that's it, that's it, right there, you got it. So what, what the choir is saying in that song, they're repeating it. I'm so glad trouble doesn't last always. And then it goes on to say, he may not come when you want him, but he's on times. In times of trouble, he's found to be a friend of mine. Paraphrasing the rest of the song, it goes on to talk about how God is there in the midst of a storm. He bears our burdens, then it comes to an end by saying, weeping may endure for a night. Keep the faith, it will be all right. Didn't the band always do that favorite part? Do, 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 do. And the choir would then say, trouble doesn't last always. And that part would always stay with us. It always stayed with me because I always thought about it Troubles, trouble. When we're in the midst of it, we believe that trouble is always going to be there. So with that said, I would like to speak to you for a few minutes this morning from the title, Tough, Tough Times Never Last, Maturity Does. Tough Times Never Last, Maturity Does. If I was to pose the question, is life hard? It's safe to say many of us, if not all of us, will agree that there are times in our life that we are bound to pass through some tough times. If you're paying close attention to what I just said, I said pass through. The reason I put emphasis on passing through is to let you know that tough times never last. In having to deal with the vicissitudes of life during this unprecedented times, this might be hard concept for many of us to grasp. We are dealing with the challenges related to COVID-19, the novel coronavirus that claimed the lives of millions worldwide. And in cases right here in our homes, 
close to us, family members, friends, people that are part of our lives. We experience what they're going through. If it's not death, they were hospitalized, had to be placed on respirators, or just were asymptomatic and just didn't feel well. This pandemic impacted our economy, caused a raise in mental instability. And just recently I heard on the news that there has been an increase in domestic violence cases. There have been cases where individuals were stuck home and they were not able to get away, so the domestic violence has increased. Abuse. In addition, we are struggling with our loved ones, struggling with sickness outside of the virus, faced with loss of jobs, locked in our homes, dealing with cabin fever. These are not tough times. I don't know what tough times are. We entered into this year of 2020, where we're going out not knowing what the end's going to be. But the good news is, trouble doesn't last always. I can go on and on and on and talk about the challenges of our life until I walk down the street that might be very familiar with you. I want to emphasize, Shiloh family members, that we have to be tenacious enough to know that we will make it through to the end. This morning I want to focus on the solution and not our situation. Let's give our situation a break. Let's give our situation a break for thinking of these challenges that we have to face daily and focus on the solution and what we need as Christians to continuously move forth. My wife and I have this humorous conversation that we have when we're doing work around the house. We understand that we both operate differently when it comes to household responsibilities. My lovely wife is an individual that has no problem with doing many things. She can do the dishes, put some food on the table, prepare dinner, then she'll go over there, move a couch, do some dusting. She can go from task to task to task. Me, on the other hand, I'm sort of a structural person. I'm driven by one task at a time, and then you know what I do? I take my break. What I try to get my wife to understand is the fact, in a humorous way, that I take my break in an effort to regroup so that I can prepare for the next task that's ahead of me. Shiloh, I suggest that we need a regrouping this morning from life challenges and focus on the solution. Understanding tough times don't last, but maturity does. With that in mind, I believe the text gives us a few good examples on how to accomplish this goal of understanding tough times don't last. As I studied the text and pondered on the word and what the text was saying to me, it became quite evident that tough times are meant for God to teach us in life. 
God wants to teach us lessons on how we can live this Christian journey. We find ourselves drifting away and focusing on the situation and not our future plans that God has provided for us. But only if we live and continue to live that Christian lifestyle. In us studying the text, I took a deeper look at the history. I found that many commentaries suggested that James is writing a letter known as the epistle to 12 tribes composed of Jewish Christians who were persecuted community scattered throughout Palestine, Palestine identified as early Christian church. These were the Jews being persecuted for following the teachings of God, of Jesus. Some su suggesting that the epistles was written in order to encourage the readers to live consistent with what we have learned in following Christ. Let's say it this way, Shiloh. Shiloh should live consistently to what we have learned in our word, reading and studying, through our teaching from our bishop, through the holding on to our faith and maturing in God, and maturing in Christ, in the times where we face those tough times. James lets us know that this is done first and foremost by living our lives and what we say believers as Christ Christians should do, not worrying that we are going through our situation. Shiloh, it's a very important message for us today that we must live our lives having trust in the word of God, not the troubles we face in our life. Many of us know that I'm a warden for the Department of Correction in the state of Connecticut. The commissioner of our agency who I have known and worked with for many, many years. He's a friend of mine. I work with him in several facilities. We have a good relationship outside of him being the commissioner of our agency. But the commissioner throughout the course of the career, my career as being a warden, Whenever there's a major event in the facility that I'm assigned to, he's fond of saying, quote, I don't have to worry about a thing. Bobby's there. Bobby's in charge. I don't have to worry. I know I have Bobby there. So in a way, that's a good feeling to have the commissioner of your agency having that thought, having that courage, having that faith within you to know that. Although it puts a lot of pressure on me, I came to realize that it was the faith that he has in me when he says that. When it comes to major handling major incident, he had that faith that I would bring resolution. The same way that the, that the commissioner has faith in Bobby, I suggest Shiloh family, we must have faith in the God we serve. I'm gonna say that again. We must have faith in the God we serve because the God we serve will never leave us or forsake us. He will be there to the end. He will be there closer than a brother, the God we serve. See, what the commissioner, I believe, has yet to realize that his faith in me is really in the faith of the Holy Spirit he sees that relies in me. So he's just not looking at Bobby, 
He's looking at the spirit that rests and rides and abides within me. The spirit, the spirit of God. If I can be real with you for a moment, sometimes Bobby don't have it all together. Sometimes Bobby gets up and he's struggling to make it in there to work, not knowing what the day is going to bring. It brings me to one morning we were faced with early March. We were faced with the pandemic of the facility. The facility was getting hit hard. I had hundreds of people testing positive, staff and offender population. I woke up in the morning knowing I have to go in and endure and face this head on. And, and, and I just couldn't do it. So I knew the commissioner had faith in Bobby can do it. He'll get it done. So as I was ready to walk out the door, I paused. My wife looked me in the face and she saw that I wasn't having a good morning. So she grabbed me and she prayed for me. I broke down, the tears started running my eyes. I said, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to go in there, stay positive so that the staff can know that I'm still gonna lead them. I don't know. I don't know what to do. So she prayed, she prayed, she prayed hard. She's a prayer warrior, she prayed hard. And then a sense of peace came upon, upon me and I was able to walk in there, stands tall, chest out, just like nothing was going on. You see, I wasn't standing on my own accord, Bishop. I was standing on the power of our almighty God. I was standing on the power knowing that the prayers of the righteous availeth much. So I know that we serve a good God. I know he's a great God. He's the great I am. He's Abba, he's our heavenly father. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the great morning star. He's all that we need. I can go on and on, but for time, I'm going to move this a little quicker. I can close right there just on the goodness of God, the goodness of Jesus. But we got to move on. We got to move on. Before I close, I would like to leave with you three quick points I believe James wants us to take away from this message. James has a few pointers in the text that will help us identify what is required for us as believers to make it through tough times that we are facing and will continue to face on this Christian journey. Okay, we're gonna move quick. Let's, let's, let's see, let's work this out here. How do we make it through these tough times to maturity? Point number one, we must embrace our trust. Embrace your trust. Embracing your trust is the entity that we rely on in times of trouble. Ultimately, for Christian, it's our faith. In other words, we must embrace our faith. If we look back at the text closely, one would discover Jesus is letting us know in verse two. Dear brother and sisters, when troubles come, any kind of way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. 
I can only imagine some of you right now are texting in a comment section on Facebook. Preacher, preacher, what are you talking about? You tell us we have to consider times of trouble an opportunity for joy. Then you go on and tell us that it has to be great joy. Well, what, what are you talking about, preacher? My answer to you is not what the preacher says or what the preacher suggests, but it's what the word is telling us we must do. We must embrace it. We must embrace it. We must embrace every bit of it. Let's, let's work with this scripture a little bit more and see how embracing our trust, or I would say faith, works. As you can recall, all attests to the church being through trials, both as individually and collectively. Which should be expected for the church, but it is many of us believers who believe that we are part of the church, we're in the body of Christ, that we should be exempt from those troubles, but we're not, we're not. But the church has been facing this. The key to our faith, I came to let you know this morning that there is no substitute in abiding in faith. It's just we have to hold on and we will prevail. We must let faith be in control of every decision we make, every actions we are working and taking. Faith is indeed the greatest miracle working power imaginable. Faith never fails a person. We fail when we give up our faith displaying lack of maturity. As we move on to the second point, let's take a look at verse three again. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has to grow. It is here we learn that James, difficult times that we are experiencing as Christians are ultimately to be helpful for us. If we look closely, we will notice that James has transitioned from talking about trials to talking about the test of faith. This is an implication here that is quite obvious to me. Troubled times equals to testing of our faith. God can use troubled times to test in our faith. So hold on, hold on Shiloh, help is on the way. Which leads me to my second point, point number two. Going back to verse two again, James letting us know, James is letting us know that when our faith is tested, our endurance has a chance to grow. Point number two, endure the term. Endure the term. In other words, we must have endurance to make it to the end. Going through tough times makes us even stronger so that we are prepared for the next challenge life throws at us. Build up your inner strength. Tough times are only temporary. It's a season. And as many of us know, seasons by nature are meant to change. People who win over tough times are people who never stop believing. They keep going and going and going. They never stop believing. Perseverance, my brother and sisters, never give up. 
Tough times never last, but mature people do. I'm gonna say that one more time. Tough times never last, but mature people do. Many of you are aware, I just, if not aware, I just had severe laceration to my thumb, my right thumb. It was a process that I had to go through. Fast forwarding, my wife has this fish tank that's used for decorative purposes that sit in our kitchen on the island. It's a two-tier system, a square base with a tower that sits in the middle of it. So it has no filter. So when the algae builds up in it, I had to clean it. I went to clean the tank. I lifted up, it exploded in my hand, cutting the tendon, the artery, and the nerve. So now I have to get surgery and get it immediately. Within a week, I had surgery. The surgery came out well, everything was put back together. So now it's a process that I have to go through. Everything is going well, the fish tank is good, wife is good, the Martin household family is good, it's all good. So healing process, recovery, still in the recovery process. Now, we are invited to a formal event where we had to get dressed up, put on a suit, shirt, and a tie. Up until that point, I was wearing sweatpants and a sweatshirt. So it was easy for me to put on and take off. So now I have to put on a shirt where I have to button it up, pants, jacket, tie, and all of that. But as I was attempting to get dressed, I became immediately frustrated because I couldn't use my right hand. I had to use my left hand to button, something that I would never done before. So in fast forwarding this illustration, the Lord spoke to me. He told me, number one, there's more ways to face an issue or your situation, which is how I began to learn how to operate using my left hand. And number two, what the Lord told me is that you must have endurance and be patient and wait it out. See, what I didn't realize and the doctor told me that the nerve that I cut it grows very slow. And until the nerve goes back to the tip of my thumb, I have no feeling in it. So I really can't do anything with this right hand. So we have to have endurance. Moving forward, moving forward, moving forward. We're gonna go to point three. I'm gonna touch on it real quick. Point three, we need emotional toughness. Emotional toughness. We need to embrace our trust, endure the term, and number three, emotional toughness. It's what I like to describe as maturity. It's something that we have to adapt through. It's our biblical intellect, knowing the word of God. Mental toughness people have thick skins. They don't let times control them. One of the results of the pandemic that we're facing in most churches, we're streaming our services. 
which allows members to post comments while the service is going on, like some of you are probably doing now. You're posting comments while I'm preaching. With that being said, regardless of the qualification, anyone could pretty much critique what they're seeing or what they're hearing. We also have the same that goes for social media outlet. In doing so, we must be able to handle criticism, stay on the game plan, not be distracted. I'm talking about endurance here. Most criticism will not last. Results will be. Measurable negative impact goes beyond the feeling. Emotional toughness is about having, having high tolerance for a short-term bad feeling, enduring through the times that requires maturity that will last. Verse four, real quick, lets us know is that, so let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will have perfect, complete, needing nothing. James lets us know that we will have joy in facing trials, which leads us to endurance followed by maturity. People of God, what I came to this morning to let you know is that troubles don't last always. Tough times doesn't last always. Don't get stuck in your situation just knowing that there is a end. There is light at the tunnel. Focus on your maturity within Christ and you will see the Lord prevail and the blessings upon your life. This is the word of God.